Hi, and welcome to the Veterans Legal Lowdown, brought to you by Chisholm, Chisholm, and Kilpatrick, a law firm representing veterans nationwide. In each episode, we break down a different VA disability topic or share our take on the latest VA benefit news. This is the Veterans Legal Lowdown with Chisholm, Chisholm, and Kilpatrick. I'm Jenna Zalmer. I'm Rachel Foster. And I'm Nicholas Briggs. And today we're talking about 100% VA disability ratings and work. So let's get into it. So 100% disability ratings. I think the most frequent question that we get from veterans is that they already have social security disability or they've previously been rejected for social security disability and there's a question about how those two interact and whether or not a veteran can get both at the same time or whether one um, precludes you from getting the other. So Nick, do you want to talk a little bit about the distinction between social security and VA disability benefits? Yeah, absolutely. So social security disability benefits are based on sort of a boomer bust assessment of whether or not you're unable to work due to your conditions. Uh, But in the case of VA compensation, if a veteran is service connected for numerous conditions, VA is going to determine the ratings that need to be assigned for those conditions, combine them, and then whatever that rating ends up being is going to determine how much money you're paid. So there are certainly going to be situations where a veteran might be receiving a certain rating Um, and they'd still be able to work in that situation and receive compensation for what they're service-connected for. Great. And Nick mentioned combined ratings. So, Rachel, do you want to give a little bit of background just on how VA rates disabilities and what it means when they combine ratings? Because it's not as simple as a lot of people think it should be. Unfortunately not. Um, So, VA assigns evaluations based on the diagnostic criteria for the disability of a veteran is service-connected for um, and the severity and the types of criteria that they have to meet in order to get that disability evaluation. Um, So, a veteran can have a single disability at 100% or they can have multiple disabilities that combine um, using VA's specific math and their rating table um, to get a 100% disability evaluation. And so that's what we would call a scheduler 100, essentially, right? So a veteran could have one single service-connected disability who and which based on the schedule gets them a 100% rating, or they could have multiple disabilities that combine up to 100%. And Veterans who have this scheduler 100 disability, can they still work, Nick? Yes, absolutely. Um, At the end of the day, there are going to be certain conditions, like Rachel mentioned, that are considered to be totally disabling in and of themselves. And oftentimes, they may have some aspect of the rating criteria that considers work. Um, But oftentimes, there are going to be conditions like an active cancer that are just considered totally disabling, regardless of whether or not the veteran's working. Um, And then if a veteran has numerous conditions that combine to 100%, the same basic logic applies. Um, It's ultimately based off of how the ratings combine independent of whether or not the veteran's working. Yeah, so so I think the takeaway here is that if you have a 100% rating that's based on the rating schedule, um, that doesn't necessarily preclude you from working, and you can also um, at the same time uh, be receiving maybe Social Security disability benefits, but that might... No, you shouldn't probably be working in that in that situation. But you could get social security benefits and also have a scheduler one hundred percent rating. Um, so, 
speaking of scheduler 100% radians, there is another aspect of 100% radians called permanent and total. Um, so Rachel, do you want to explain a little bit about what a permanent and total radian is and how it differs from a normal scheduler 100%? Sure. So if a veteran is rated not only 100%, but also permanently disabled, that essentially um, indicates that VA doesn't expect that condition to improve. Um, so they, the veteran wouldn't be expected to attend traditional review examinations. Um, that disability evaluation is protected. And I think what's important to note is that just because you have a scheduler 100 or even entitlement to TDIU, which we'll get to later, that doesn't necessarily mean that VA considers you permanent and total. That's a special designation that's on either your rating code sheet. Sometimes you can find it if you've been deemed eligible for dependency educational benefits. Um, and so there's a whole different way, there's a whole bunch of different ways to figure out if you've been deemed per permanent and total, um, but it's not the same as just getting a scheduler 100% rating. And I think that we have Facebook Lives previously about this, um, and you can definitely find more information on our website. So Nick, can veterans who have permanent and total, or what we call P&T, benefits, can they still work? In theory, yes. Okay. Um, ultimately, <clears throat> certain conditions might be considered permanent to, regardless of whether or not the veteran's working. Uh, but again, the idea of a total disability rating presumes that the condition's actually totally incapacitating. So those are factors that VA might consider in whether or not a veteran's conditions are considered to be permanent in the first place. Mm -hmm. So there's no blanket prohibition that you can't work if you're permanent in total, but at the same time, the employment status might be a factor that VA considers when making that determination. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because even, you know, despite all of this that we're going to talk about today, um, even though there are technically situations where a veteran can still be working and getting 100% rating, there is always that risk that VA is going to consider that factor and either propose severance or propose a rating reduction based on what they consider um, evidence that your disability isn't necessarily as severe as it once was. So that's definitely something to be aware of. <clears throat> so. We talked about permanent and total. The flip side of that is temporary total ratings. So Rachel, can you talk to us about, a little bit about what those mean? Sure, so uh, temporary total evaluations are established with an understanding that um, it's a temporary situation. So circumstances that we see that with is hospitalization lasting more than 21 days um, or any kind of surgery or treatment um, requiring recovery or convalescence for months at a time. Um, and Nick, can veterans with temporary total ratings still work? Again, there's no blanket prohibition here necessarily, but again, these are conditions that are considered to be temporary. So ne there's necessarily going to be situations where if the treatment's discontinued, then the condition's no longer considered to be totally disabling. So it's a factor to be weighed if a doctor determines that you're able to return to work then that might be a situation where VA would then discontinue the rating under the regulations. Right, and I think, yeah, this is all a little bit theoretical because in in practice, if you're hospitalized, you're not going to be going to work every day, but you still might be employed with your employer. You might just be taking a leave. And so I think that's where, you know, you can still say you are technically working, you're employed, receiving 100% rating, but that 100% rating is meant to, um, you know, compensate for the fact that you were maybe in the hospital for 21 plus days based on your service-connected disability. And so that's kind of how the interplay between work and 100% ratings for temporary totals work. 
So those are all, we've all kind of talked about schedule our 100% ratings and, and all the different ways that you can get to 100% rating um, without the big the big one, TDIU. Um, so let's kind of go into TDIU. And I know we have a lot of information on our website about TDIU. We've done a lot of um, Facebook Lives about TDIU blogs. And so I'm sure all of our viewers are aware of what it is, but we can just give a brief overview about what TDIU is and how veterans qualify for it. So Rachel, do you want to take us away? Sure. So TDIU just stands for Total Disability Rating Based on Individual Unemployability. Um, VA looks at it under Section A and Section B, which really just refers to whether the veteran meets the scheduler or criteria. So if a veteran has a single disability, a single disability rated as 60% disabling, they meet the scheduler criteria for TDIU. Also, if a veteran has multiple disabilities, um, they combine to at least a 70% and one of those disabilities is a 40. Um, that also meets the scheduler criteria. Um, but even if they don't meet those scheduler requirements, they can still meet meet the criteria for TDIU under Section B um, that just requires referral to the Director of Compensation. So yeah, so there, are, there is um, kind of a threshold level of uh, ratings that you should, you need to meet in order to maybe get a little bit more of a lenient um, <clears throat> adjudication about TDIU, but I think a lot of times veterans who have lower ratings maybe think that they shouldn't even apply for TDIU, but like you said, Rachel, you know, even though you have a lower rating, maybe you have a 30% rating for something, maybe you have a 40% rating, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't get to that um, higher level under A, you still, if you still think that your service disabilities prevent you from working, um, <clears throat> You should definitely still apply for TDIU and you should talk to your uh, either DAV rep, other VSO or attorney, whoever's helping you with your claim because it's, it's definitely a complicated area. Um, and we've kind of talked about working. So VA doesn't, doesn't use the word work necessarily. It uses the word whether or not a veteran is engaged in substantially gainful employment. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So the, the term substantially gainful employment is basically defined as a job that um, earns more than the U.S. Census Bureau's uh, poverty threshold, which is a little over $13,000 now. Um, so basically, if a veteran is working but making less than that amount each year, um, and they're limited to that work due to their service-connected conditions, um, their employment would be considered marginal, aka not substantially gainful, so they'd still be entitled to TDIU in that situation. Yeah, and we've had, um, you know, we've we've had some litigation about this about what um, substantially gainful employment actually entails because VA really defines it just basically based on what it's not. And so they've said, you know, substantially gainful employment is not marginal employment. Um, and so <clears throat> I think going back to the theme of today's Facebook Live, can a veteran still work? Um, while they're, you know, where they're having TDIU, technically yes, if it's marginal. Um, I think another way that a veteran can work um, while, you know, benefiting from TDIU is if they are working in a protected work environment, and we have some case law on that as well, um, which I'm sure we have linked to on our website. Um, but do you want to talk a little bit about what a protected work environment means? Sure. So it really refers to anything that's like a family business or a sheltered workshop 
where a veteran is working, they may be earning um, income above the poverty level thresholds, but the work that they're doing in comparison to other employees that are making the doing the same kind of functions and uh, role responsibilities, um, they're receiving accommodations, significant accommodations from their employer or from themselves if they're self-employed um, that actually allow them to continue that work. Otherwise, if they didn't have those accommodations, they wouldn't be able to sustain that same kind of employment. Um, accommodations could be um, anything as far as they don't have to do the same kind of work and responsibilities that other employees have to do. Um, they may, as a result of a disability, have to miss work more often. Um, they uh, may have more behavioral or have more difficulty interacting um, with coworkers, but otherwise they're not getting reprimanded for that or facing termination, um, accommodations like that. And <clears throat> Nick, how has VA actually defined protected work environment? Part of the problem is that they haven't. <laughs> um, it's determined on what they consider to be a facts found basis, meaning either the regional office or the board will look at the facts, look at the accommodations provided, um, and then make a determination based off of that evidence whether or not they consider that particular work situation to be protected. Um, so oftentimes that can make it difficult for a veteran to know what evidence they should submit because without a standard to compare their situation against, it's really all kind of up in the air. Right. So like all of the accommodations that Rachel just mentioned, you know, those are all really good examples of the ways that, you know, a veteran might want to um, demonstrate that their work is protected work environment. But because VA hasn't necessarily defined the, the term, it's not guaranteed that those types of things are actually going to lead to an award of TDIU. Um, and as I mentioned before, CCK has done a lot of work in this area. Um, you know, it started with a case called Cantrell, which was specifically about, you know, what a protected work environment was. Um, and then after that, we had a couple other cases called Withers and Ray, which is really the court essentially is really trying to get VA to define its terms and provide more guidance for veterans um, so that they know what they need to demonstrate in order to, dem to get TDIU. Um, <clears throat> and going back to what Rachel said about accommodations, I think it's important to note that you know, uh, the American with Disabilities Act does require employers to provide reasonable accommodations for vet for their employees. Um, you know, it's it's legal to you know discriminate on the fact that the, uh, an employee is disabled. But I think the difference here is if those accommodations become unreasonable to the point where a veteran, you know the only reason a veteran is still employed is kind of because the employer is going out of their way to provide this very protected work environment and that would allow a veteran to work in and if they didn't have that protected work environment they wouldn't be able to work in any other area that's kind of where we see the line um, another important consideration is the idea that the accommodations are meant to allow the veteran to perform the essential functions of their job so if at the end of the day, regardless of any accommodation provided, they can't meet those expectations, um, then it should be considered a protected work environment. So when a veteran's putting together evidence in support of their case, one of the things that they can look to is how Social Security or the Department of Labor defines the critical functions of their job so that they can demonstrate, hey, I can't do this, I can't do that, regardless of what they do to help me mm -hmm. perform those functions. So. 
Good. And finally, Rachel, can we just ex- remind our viewers kind of how a, a veteran can apply for TDIU? Sure. So that can be done um, by completing and submitting a VA Form 8940. It's an application for increased compensation based on unemployability. Great. And I think, you know, if you're filing a new claim, obviously you want to be aware of all of the um, new VA regulations surrounding appeals reform, which we have a lot of information on our website. If you're if you previously filed a claim, um, you know in the past you might need to file a supplemental claim now. Um, so there's a whole lot of kind of still moving parts, and we're still still kind of figuring out how VA's um, Appeals Modernization Act is going to work. Um, so I really encourage you to speak with a veteran service organization, an attorney. Um, an otherwise accredited agent so that they can kind of walk you through this process. Um, and just to correct myself, I did call it a claim, but VA has, and the court has said that, you know, entitlement to TDIU is not a claim. It can be tied to an increased rating claim. So if you have a pending increased rating claim and you believe that you um, are unable to work, um, that's something that you can raise as part of that claim. Um, so just to wrap it up, does anybody have any closing, closing thoughts? Um, just one thing to point out is that while VA typically requires you to submit the form at the end of the day, TDIU is one of those issues that they're supposed to consider if it's been raised by the record. So if you do have an increased rating claim pending and you submit evidence showing that you're unable to work due to those conditions, um, TDIU is supposed to be something that the VA considers on its own. Good. Great. So just to wrap up, um, you know, if you have a 100% rating, that doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't be working. Um, but there are a lot of um, unpredictable situations in this area. So um, if you are working and you have a 100% rating, I would just encourage you to make sure that you um, are on the up and up and make sure that VA knows about everything. Um, and if you have entitlement to TDIU, you definitely shouldn't be working unless it's in a protected work environment or you're making below the poverty level. Um, um, so thank you again for joining us this afternoon. My name is Jenna. I'm here with Rachel and Nick, and we'll see you next week. This episode of Veterans Legal Lowdown was produced by Chisholm, Chisholm, and Kilpatrick, a law firm representing veterans nationwide in their VA disability claims. If you're interested in a free case evaluation with CCK, give us a call at 844-549-4500 or visit our website at cck-law.com.